Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. Find us on Anchor, on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. With me today is Chris Stanton. We apologize that it's taken us a little while to get back to you. Uh, I've been dealing with COVID issues of my own after making fun of Jeremy for dealing with his. And so we kind of sat it out for a little bit. But Chris is with me. We are going to talk very briefly about Michigan because, let's be real, when the NFL puts on a show that they put on this past weekend, why would you watch anything else? So we didn't really watch uh, the Michigan-Indiana game. Obviously, Michigan won. It was 80-62. to 62. Um, And they, I mean, they look like they're starting to get things going the way that they thought they would at the beginning of the year. And Indiana's not exactly a scrub team but at the same time they're not the world beaters of the bobby knight days and um look is are they starting to figure it out or is it just a situation where you know you're playing a couple pushovers it's gonna happen oh tyler thanks for having me um eventually i i had a feeling michigan sadly would prove me right and a couple times ago when i was on the show i had mentioned uh the gauntlet that was coming their way and then i thought that they'd be able to turn it around and then obviously covid and duck gate and everything else hit but uh you know dropping dropping the game to rutgers dropping the game at illinois is always tough michigan state deals with that that demon as well basically two mirror scores with the maryland game obviously it was at chrysler um, outside of their own borders. And then Indiana, Assembly Hall is always tough too, but I, I feel like they're starting to turn the corner and they're will go as far as Hunter Dickinson can take them. And he's he's almost had 50 points in the last two games combined. I think he had 21 and 25 or something like that. But he can't do it alone. And Caleb Houston put up some pretty big numbers too um, against the Terrapins. I believe he had something like 16, and then um, he had a nice day yesterday um, in, in the game at IU. So they're getting contributions. He had 16, yeah, uh, yeah in the Maryland. They're getting contributions from obviously Dickinson. It, it starts and ends with him, but ac- across the board, uh, Jones had 12. Um, they had looks like four guys in double figures, but obviously Dickinson is is going to be the star. Uh, the the straw that stirs their drink. So I, I would caution you a little bit as far as like, uh, you know, looking at their schedule that's coming up. Um, that tilt in East Lansing on the 29th is going to be pretty crazy. And the, they have Northwestern at home. Northwestern, and obviously I know we're going to get to the Michigan State bit, Northwestern finds a way to bite Michigan State, especially at Breslin. Penn State will do it too. But I think they win their next game uh, at Chrysler on Wednesday against Northwestern. But I, I would be shocked if they come into Breslin and beat Michigan State. And after that, they have a very up and down schedule, though. You got Northwestern, and then at Michigan State, then home for Nebraska, which I think you and I could suit up for U of M and, and put in 2010 and five. And then Purdue um, at Mackey. So it's it's a very strange stretch. We'll see what the how good they really are. Is this a, a two game aberration or or are they putting it together? Yeah, and I mean, look the the possibility is obviously there for both of those situations because let's be real, this is a young team and look some of these NBA guys, um, let's just say they're starting to get exposed on 
in the college ranks, um, Penny Hardaway. And <laughs> so you really start to uh, wonder, uh, you know, is, is it just a style now? Um, is it uh, familiarity that, with the system? Yeah, the fact that Michigan is a young team still. And I feel like you're starting to come away with more questions than answers just in regard to what the problem is. Now, the situation when you have more questions than answers is you don't know what you need to fix as a coach. And like, okay, is it a familiar with the system? Do I need to change this? Is it a situation where, you know what, they're young and they're just going to have to grow up? Is it, you know what I mean? Is it mm-hmm. a situation where, you know, maybe Eli needs to, Eli Brooks needs to be a little more dependable. Um, and what can we do to help make him do that? And so you start to put these types of uh, questions together in your head as a coach and you start to wonder, you know, you, you have to answer that. Que- you have to answer the question, like, what's the problem? Because the only way you're going to be able to fix the problem is to have that answer. And so I'm, curious to see how this is handled and if it is a situation where hey you know what maybe you need to ditch the nba type system that juan howard likes to run and realize hey you don't have the horses uh you know you might have to do this might have to work on installing more of that i'm gonna just say the name because this is who it's associated with this tom is style of just set after set after set after set and running like a billion of those. So I'm I'm curious to see how that plays out. Northwestern, I'm not going to waste my time watching, if we're being completely honest. You know, Jeremy will be back. I'm sure he'll be ready to talk about Saturday uh, later this week. But I'm uh, – and he'll uh, get us with our recap as far as the Northwestern game goes. But, yeah, it's a game that doesn't interest me. Michigan should still walk away with that. Um, and given the fact Jeremy's not here, that's our segment on Michigan. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, <laughs> I blinked and I missed it. Awesome. Uh, Bring on yeah. the Spartans. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that's what Illinois is saying as Illinois with or without the venereal disease, Kofi Coburn, if that is your real name. Um, <laughs> I, I still got the COVID right, man. I'm sorry. But they, uh, Illinois, um, one of the favorites at the beginning of the year, uh, them and Purdue and Ohio State, uh, I think were probably the three big dogs. Then Michigan, I kind of had right underneath them. Uh, Kofi Coburn's status is up in the air. I mean, we know what Michigan State did to them last year with Kofi Coburn. Does the way Michigan State played them, like the way the way that they played them last year, are they almost better off without Kofi against against Michigan State? Not against everybody else because you know every coach is different. But the second he put that ball on the ground, Michigan State came with the double, um, and he refused to get rid of it. They sent him to the free throw line a ton. Um, is, I mean, is this a situation where they might be better if they can just move the ball? No, I don't think so. I think in this instance, this is a house of horrors for Michigan state, the state farm arena spaceship, whatever that, uh, the place is down there is historically tough for Michigan state. 
you're playing an Illinois team coming off. Uh, I, I did see the the end of the the Maryland um, Illinois game because I wasn't it our game that followed them, Michigan State yeah. game that followed them. So yeah. I actually had a chance to watch a little bit more, and I, I remember texting you about it, seeing if you had tuned in um, and were watching it. I have a hard time seeing Illinois. Um, Remember, they've lost two in a row. They lost to Purdue and then the game at Maryland. I don't see them losing three in a row. Um, I, it's hard to tell. With, with I believe Kofi's injury is a concussion, correct? I'm not sure what it, it is. Yeah, that's, I, I believe that's what I saw. If that's the case, and he's still going through protocols, um, anytime – a player of his caliber. I think last year Michigan State was in that desperate situation, which Michigan may be in um, in the coming weeks. But I, I just have a hard time seeing Michigan State win that game, whether Kofi is on the floor or not. This this game does not give me good feels at all. So um, mm-hmm. to, ans- to answer your question, yeah, maybe they might be a little bit more fluid without him on the floor, but his presence inside – um, on both ends of the floor, oh, I, I'm pretty nervous for Michigan State for tomorrow. Yeah, and I, well, I'm kind of right there with you. I, I would love to see Coburn uh, suit up and play. Um, not because it's a chance to see Illinois at 100% like any good sport would want, but because I want to see Mady Sissoko out there. <laughs> and after what he did to Ayo DeSumo's face last year <laughs> at Illinois, that's what I want to see. And, I mean, <laughs> you can say whatever you want about that. Um, I I would love to see it, but let's be real. The way he's going to play the most is if Coburn's in because Bingham's going to get in foul trouble. Marble is probably going to foul out in the first three minutes he's in the game. And <laughs> so I think that – I think just seeing him out there would just be – Absolutely fantastic for Michigan State fans, given the flagrant foul on Dasumu, which, look, I got my own opinion about that. Um, but I, other, than, other than that, I think that uh, Illinois is just too good uh, with Coburn for Michigan State to handle uh, especially the way Marcus Bingham's playing. Marcus Bingham, you know, I can barely do this right now because I can barely talk. Marcus Bingham obviously suffering from uh, his issues with COVID and stuff like that. But Michigan State's been able to come in and, you know, Marble would have a good game. Or Hauser would put together a decent stretch and stuff like that. This Michigan State team, look, you went in, you you lost to Northwestern. But then you bounce back, you win at Wisconsin, and Marcus Bingham is completely irrelevant. And Gabe Brown has two points as your leading scorer, and you still get a double-digit road win. It, I'm I'm gonna ask it just because it's asked during every show, every uh, sorry, every game. Is it bad not to have that one guy? Or is it good to have that embarrassment of riches where, you know what? Yeah, we don't have a guy like Cassius. We can throw the ball in his hands and let him go to work. But it could go to Brown, could go to Christie, could go to Walker, could go to Hogarth, could go to 
Malik Hall could go to Hauser, which is pretty much the order of events more or less uh, from the Wisconsin game because each guy had their own stretches. Early on in the season, I was caught up on the fact that we didn't have that go-to guy, but I'm coming around more on the idea of just the, the depth of this roster. And like you said, the fact that it, pick your poison, it can be any of these guys. It can be Hogard driving and a wraparound layup to Hauser at the buzzer for all things. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those situations that uh, it is an embarrassment of riches. And I can't, I only imagine what the, the scouting must be like for Michigan state. And this could pay off huge in the NCAA tournament, you know, that you can't key on, you know, and when we, and I, you and I have bantered this before, I firmly believe we had a great, great, great shot at winning a national title with Winston and Tillman. Mm-hmm. That their their one two play pick and roll and, and Winston getting to the basket and and everything that Tillman was that could be scouted out a little bit better. Max Christie is a dead eye sharpshooter. If you don't close out on him, he'll make you pay. Gabe Brown, if he'd be a little bit more consistent, is, is right there in, in his length and and not to rehash everything that you had just said, but. I really like this team and I'm not bothered by the fact that there's not that one marquee player because suddenly teams have to account for everybody on the floor. This is, this is a great, great thing for Michigan state moving forward. I don't think the roster even cares. And, and, and Tom doesn't even, Izzo doesn't even care if, well, this, the ball's got to go to this person. It, it definitely puts the defense on their heels. and is such a benefit for Michigan state. Yeah. And, Obviously, Michigan State has reaped the benefit of having so many guys who are capable of stepping up, uh, even though they don't have that one. Let, let me ask you this question, because um, it's going to be a quick show today, because my throat really hurts, and so I don't know how much longer I can do this. Um, let, let me ask you this question. Is Michigan State really this good, or are they a benefit of the schedule so far? Uh, take a look at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's always got a beatable team, uh, no matter how high they're ranked outside of when they had Kaminsky. They, that was a little more difficult. Um, but Michigan State's not played Illinois yet. They've not played Ohio State yet. They've not played Purdue yet. They've not played Michigan yet, quack. Um, they, you know, they've not played any of these teams that we thought, hey, this is going to be a team that can compete for the Big Ten Championship. Um, and now Michigan State is first place in the conference. Can, is this a situation where they're actually that good? Or is it uh, because you've played Minnesota twice, you've played Northwestern, you've, you know, you've, you've played those types of teams? I'm going to answer your either or with a yes. The <laughs> fact that they're getting uh, confidence and production out of some guys cannot be ignored. But we're also going to see um, what this team really is like when they're faced with some adversity by the schedule makers. This game in Illinois, I've already said, is a nightmare. Michigan is, is no picnic. In fact, if they're much improved and if this is legit, that's that's going to be a close game. As, as much as we may daydream about 114-63, you know, Steve well, Terry's not walking through that door. Um, yeah. the game at Maryland, like I was saying earlier with, uh, with them, they're a different team. And then you got to go to the rack. You got to go to Rutgers, which has been insanely hard for teams. Wisconsin then will revenge tour. 
Well, uh, they've, they're coming into Breslin. They've beat us there before and, and, and on through the schedule. Sure. We've got Penn state sprinkled in there and, uh, you know, there's you know, a, a couple other winnable games, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see what we have. Obviously, health has a lot to do with this. But when you have a deep roster like Michigan State and somebody goes down or somebody's sick, heaven forbid it's not half the roster, uh, like the high point game. But uh, I, I think we're, I think Michigan State's in a good spot. And we'll, we'll truly see if, you know, the, your either-or question. I got to believe um, – and and I'm pretty cynical, as you know. I I've come around on this team. I there's there so many roles that are filled, different uh, different things that guys can do. We even talked about Malik Hall. Malik Hall, like Gabe Brown, if he gets to be a little bit more consistent, that that's a guy who can play in the league. I firmly believe that. And it's, it's just going to take some toughness and consistency. And and who better to get him there than we have on the bench. Oh, I can think of somebody um, who uh, not Penny Hardaway. Know, who, <laughs> no, so somebody else who thinks that uh, Tom Izzo could be doing a little bit more. Um, but you know, you're barking up the right tree with the whole uh, Memphis situation. Let's just say that. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to leave that alone before I go down a rabbit hole with Moni Bates and his dad. Um, but. Yeah, this is a interest. This is an interesting team. I think there's still a couple things to figure out because you look at what AJ Hogarth did, and he did it against what the one of the bet one of the biggest leading scorers in the nation. Um, defensively, what he did defensively, what Christie's done defensively, I think is just absolutely amazing. Yeah, he doesn't get talked I, about his his shooting draws people's attention but sometimes just watching watching him watch go off the ball with him watching him defensively the the communication the the defensive cuts that he will make taking the short route not fighting uh, over the top of screens and and, and contesting using the length that he has truly underrated as a defender especially his age and experience yeah and that's the thing like i think you can lock him in uh First team All Big Ten defense. I think you can lock him in. First team freshman All American, uh, freshman of the year. You can you can lock him in everywhere there. Uh, you know, just set six six. Um, can shoot. Hasn't shot the greatest. Looks like his stroke's starting to come though. Uh, th- this kid is absolutely unbelievable, and my wife already knows that. I can't stop talking about him. Um, normally, it takes her like two or two years to realize who's who on Michigan State's basketball team. She doesn't like basketball. Um, but, like, she, she was asking me, and she goes, oh, Hogart's a new name. And I was like, no, it's not. Um, but she she already knows Christy. And to sit there and to watch him and to watch him play, like you said, that off-the-ball defense – He's always on the other team's leading score right away, and that other team's leading score does not do well. He, they don't. So, he, so he with that being said, down. so with that being said, how concerned are you tomorrow with Curbelo and Frazier? Um, I'm a little bit concerned, not overly concerned though, because I, I 
look, one of those guys has to be picked up by Walker. And that's not a shot at Walker. I think Walker's a great defender too. Um, but I think to have a guy like Christie is uh, it, 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 you can take away one of them. And I mean, that may be all that Michigan State needs, especially if uh, Coburn is unable to go. If you can take away one of those guys, well, it's over. Michigan State should have no problem walking out of there with a win. So I'm a little concerned, not overwhelmingly concerned, though, like I said, just because it's a situation where I th- I think Christie can take away one of them. I don't yeah. – I mean, Ho- in Hogarth, the way he's been playing defense, uh, he might be able to take away the other. So, And Curbelo has not had a great year shooting the basketball. I think no, he's under and, 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 by some and, and he's still trying to get back to form, too, after his injury. So I'm a little – like I, like I said, I'm a little concerned about it just because you don't get the consistency from Hogarth and Walker um, defensively that you get from a guy like Christie. And so I'm like just thrown off by maybe one of those guys, but I'm not, I'm not worried about both of them because I know Christie's going to shut down one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- I mean, that's the type of confidence that you can have. And when you can sit there and you can throw 15 points on the board too, but I think that that uh, completely changes the game. And look, it, this has turned into a Christie love fest. I'm okay with that. Whatever it is what it is. <laughs> but he he's that special of a player. So I was having a conversation with uh, another Spartan over the weekend. And we were uh, kind of throwing out prop bets of how long will we have Max Christie? And they're like, well, we're, we're probably going to get a year out of him. I think he needs to grow out a little bit more, fill out. I could see I could see him being a two-year player, but not three. I, here's the thing. is I, I, I heard something from his high school coach that said, Christie's the type of guy who can be a – four-year player um, at Michigan State. He goes, he's good enough to leave after two, but he could be a four-year guy um, just because of what that type of development and everything else means to him. And so I've been locked in kind of as a three-year type player. Um, there, There's still things that he needs to do uh, to be better and He's got to be the guy to take over those games, I think, if he wants to leave early. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, I'm content where he's at, um, especially this early in his career. I think he's uh, – I mean, like I said, I think he's all freshman and everything. Um, you know, maybe not national freshman of the year, uh, but I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll put him above Amoni Bates on my ballot. And I think that um, he he's good enough to go pro after two, like you said, but I, I think he stays a little bit longer too. I, I don't see him having that. Uh, 
I don't want to say mentality of anybody because makes me makes it sound like I have a negative uh, point of view on certain people, but that Gary Harris mentality where he just wants to go. Um, you know, I, I, I see him more as a Miles Bridges type guy where he'll stick around. And so that, that I mean, that's ultimately where I'm at with him. Um, he'll, he'll stick around a year longer than he actually has to. But anyways, that does it for us here on the Trouble with the Snap podcast. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. For Chris Stanton, I am Tyler Hayward.